This is a Yokogawa Australia and New Zealand podcast. Welcome back to Yokogawa Debunks, a conversation with industry experts aiming to debunk the myths and misconceptions we hear in process instrumentation and industrial automation. Now, I'll be your host today. My name is Sean Carhill. Thank you for joining us. So in today's episode, we'll be discussing industrial wireless technology and instrumentation. There are countless myths about the perceived risks of using industrial wireless So we'll be dedicating a few parts to this interesting and detailed topic. I hope from these discussions you'll get more comfortable with industrial wireless technology and see that it's really a beneficial technology and that most of the myths are not actually any fact behind them. So with us today we have Yokogawa's Simon Lilly. Uh, Simon is an expert in industrial wireless. Welcome today, Simon. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here and talking about this topic that I'm very passionate about with you. And thanks for joining the podcast. I think industrial wireless is a, is a very interesting topic. And I'd like to start our conversation by getting you to tell us a little bit about your involvement in wireless. Yeah, no problem with that. Uh, wireless is an exciting topic and something that I'm very passionate about. I've been working with Yokogawa for 18 years now. And the last 10 of those, I've been looking after the wireless instrumentation portfolio and seeing it move from its infancy all the way up to its advancements of today. Wow, has it really been that long ago since, since wireless technology was launched? That's quite surprising. Yeah, it is a bit surprising when you think all the way back. I'm proud to say that Yokogawa was the first company to launch ISA 100.11a compliant wireless devices to the market all the way back in 2010. So that's 10 years ago. I've been involved since then and seen how it's been changing and it's been rapidly growing over the years as well. Well, that's fantastic. Another world's first with, uh, with, with Yokogawa. So. Look, I'm glad you're here because I've, I've heard a lot about wireless over the last 10 years or so. Now, unfortunately, many people have got misconceptions and are saying things that don't appear at first sight to be correct. So today it's time we address some of those statements and, and misconceptions. Now, one of the myths involving wireless is that it's a fairly new technology and the uptake is still slow. And we've heard it's more than 10 years old now, but Lots of customers out there are still hesitant to adopt it. Now, based upon your experience, do you think that's, that's really the case? From what I've seen, I basically say no. As I said, wireless has been available for 10 years. It's robust and it's been proved to be a, a mature technology. Over time, I've seen more and more people take wireless on since its initial beginnings, and the uptake is beginning to increase year in year. So as wireless has progressed, more people are going on. And if we look at the global installations of ISA 100 wireless, there's installations now in all different type of market segments, in all different countries, and there's over a billion operating hours already in the field. Initially, there was probably some hesitance with people around adopting wireless due to some of the myths that we're going to be discussing in this podcast series. However, as people have got past these misconceptions and found good applications for using wireless, where it's provided them with significant cost and project savings, it's increased in its use and its acceptance. Wireless is being used across all industries today, from things like mining to power, oil and gas, chemical, water, and even in food and beverage. 
Okay, that's interesting to know. I mean, there's there's been a lot of promotion of the cost savings that are supposed to be available using wireless, and this has been all over the internet in articles and and marketing materials. I'd like to know if, from your experience, you've you've actually seen some of these cost savings realised in the real world, and um, you know, with any of the plants that are out there and the end users uh, using wireless, have you actually witnessed it firsthand? Yes, I have, which I'm proud to say. I've been working with many end users all the way uh, through that time. And we've seen a number of end users achieve significant savings in not only the costs of deploying a project, but in the project timeline as well. So saving himself in the time to, to get a project up and running. With wireless, you can deploy a solution sometimes less than a fifth of the time for a wired solution and sometimes do it at half the cost. As an example, one of the customers that uh, we've been working with saved over $70,000 by employing wireless in their installation for a temperature monitoring application in a refinery. If they'd used a traditional wired solution, there would have been significant costs with running things like the cables, doing things like excavation, scaffolding, hazardous area compliance, and all of those would have blown out the cost significantly. So this made the wireless solution really cost-effective for them, and they really did achieve savings in both the costs and in the time to deploy their project. So people really are seeing the benefits, and that's just one example, and there's been many other customers out there which have seen the real-world benefits of going to wireless. I mean, certainly in my experience, I can see that a lot of money can be saved from removing all of those costs, and especially in, in running cables. Let's, for a moment, just go back to your comment on applications where people use wireless. Now, I've heard another myth around these types of applications that you can use wireless on, or that these are quite limited to only a small number of specific measurements. Do you think there's any truth to this? I'd say, yes, there's some truth to that in in some ways. Uh, In the early days, I'd agree that the, the applications for wireless were limited, Most of the suppliers only had a very limited portfolio of solutions, uh, but over time the technology and the applications have really matured. Uh, So there are a lot more solutions that you can use wireless on today than there was uh, 10 years ago. So initially you could do things like pressure and temperature monitoring, and that was about it with wireless. But now you can do a whole range of different applications from DP-based flow to wireless pH monitoring and lots into the the condition monitoring through things like wireless vibration. We now even do wireless sound monitoring. There's corrosion monitoring, gas detection, uh, wireless steam trap monitoring, and all these different solutions now uh, that have been expanded into the portfolio. So while you might have not been keeping up with wireless and thinking that it is limited, if you actually look at what's available today, you'll see that it has really expanded and can cover all different things that all different industries and customers are facing. Okay, well, that's uh, quite a range of solutions using uh, using wireless. Now, now, one of the things that I've come across that's a concern in industry is is the topic of rotating equipment. Now, this is always seen as being particularly difficult because of its need for slip rings. So, do you think that wireless can be used for this type of application? And if so, how would you set it up effectively? Definitely, you could use it for that application. We've got customers already doing so. Uh, they use a wireless so they don't have to worry about those slip rings that you mentioned, which cuts down all the maintenance that they need on that type of difficult application. What we do is we basically place the wireless transmitters directly onto the rotating equipment. So they spin around as the equipment rotates and the wireless devices are powered by their internal batteries so there's no need for wiring at all. The signal's transmitted across the air 
And all we do with a rotating piece of equipment is we closely monitor it to see where we need any possible repeaters and management stations to receive all that data. So the best step that you've got if you've got a rotating piece of equipment is to do a good site survey first so we can locate those devices correctly and we can get you away from using all those wires and cabling. So good, I can see that wireless really can provide a range of solutions and it is not limited in its applications as per the original myth there. That's correct, yep. Wireless can provide all different solutions to all the different challenges that different industries are facing today when they're trying to improve their operations. Wireless can help you in many areas, including things like operation efficiency, plant optimization, predictive maintenance, which is a hot topic at the moment, avoiding downtime, which everyone's looking for, and also looking to ensure things like safe operations and do things like environmental monitoring. So Simon, this is this has amazed me quite a bit as to the different types and the range of, of wireless devices and wireless applications. I wonder if you could just take a moment to expand a little bit on uh, what some of these solutions uh, to industry challenges could be. Sure. In the areas of efficiency and optimization, we've got wireless solutions for modernization of older plants, doing things like replacing gauges, where previously you would have to have a manual patrol to go out and get a measurement. So wireless now allows you to operate your operators. Uh, to more important tasks, get your data much faster and much more accurate, so getting away from those manual patrols. Wireless can also be used for unlocking stranded data in field devices. So you'll find that many of the modern instruments on an industrial plant are smart devices being able to measure multiple variables. With a traditional 4 to 20 milliamp loop, you don't get access to the additional measurements, but with wireless you can quickly and very cost-effectively unlock all this additional data. We can also use wireless for measurements at remote areas of the plant, where it's historically been too hard or too costly to get the measurements. Moving into the area of predictive maintenance, we have wireless vibration sensors, so we can provide online and early detection of issues with things like pumps, fans or compressors. We've got wireless steam trap monitors to detect plugging or leaking of steam traps, and if your steam traps are leaking, it's like tipping money down the drain because it's very expensive to produce good high-quality steam. And then we've got other solutions out there, like I said, for uh, things like noise monitoring and other solutions where you can get away from having to do infrequent manual sampling or third-party site surveys of your plant. Okay. Interestingly there, um, you know, wireless control is, uh, it is something that I've, I've heard you raise many times um, over the years, and, and it's quite surprising that we can actually do wireless control. You know, is it true that it can be done? And I think more critically, is it safe? Yes, you definitely can do control without the wireless. Now, it might surprise you, but all the way back when the ISA 100 standard was being developed, wireless control was one of the features built into the design. So that was 10 years ago, and that was built in at that time. So ISA 100 wireless can cover anything from simple logging all the way up to closed-loop control, and there's already an adapter on the market that can provide a digital output that you can use for control. So while the uptake of wireless control hasn't really caught on yet, I'm sure in the years to come we'll see it start to grow. It is real and you can believe me because last year we actually set up a fully working wireless control loop for a temperature circuit where we monitored the temperature wirelessly, sent it back to our control system and then wirelessly sent a signal to our uh, digital output wireless adapter which turned on a fan uh, to modify that temperature. So everyone that saw it was quite impressed with how easy it worked, how simple it was to configure, and actually seeing wireless control in the real world. So that's very impressive, Simon. Um, I never realised this was such a, a versatile technology. 
and had such amazing functionality. Now, we've discussed that wireless can be used for applications from monitoring to control. But what about safety? Can you use wireless for a safety application? Yes, you can use wireless for safety already. Uh, There's one solution available today that is a safety rated, uh, which is a wireless gas detection system. Uh, This system uses a Draeger wireless gas detector and a special Yokogawa gateway that uses a Profinet communication. And the solution is safety rated. At the moment, it's the only one that can be used for safety, but it's probably not going to be that long till uh, some of the other sorts of applications start to open up in the future. You know, wireless has changed a lot in its time, so who knows what the future might bring. So really demonstrating its versatility even, even more. Now, as we've discussed, there's a large number of myths around wireless, and uh, we've debunked a number of them today in this first episode, but there's still many, many more to cover. What I'd say is, Simon, thank you very much for your contribution so far. Um, But for the audience out there, please join us again in our next episode of Yokogawa Debunks, where Simon's going to join us again to continue this discussion around busting myths around industrial wireless. Thank you for listening.